listening to Chasing Prophecy Radio, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. On UPRN Talk Radio, FM 107.7 in New Orleans and FM 105.3 in Mississippi. If it's unexplainable, we're talking about it. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, we cover everything where the unknown becomes the known. And now, here's your host, Jenny Nicasio. Hello, New Orleans on FM 107.7 and 105.3 in New Orleans and streaming everywhere from around the world. I'm Jenny Nicasio, welcoming you to Chasing Prophecy Radio, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm glad to see you all here tonight. And if you're streaming, we are on multiple streams all over um, YouTube and Facebook, and streaming on Twitch, I believe, also. And there's a lot of stuff in the news tonight, and tonight's a big night, and I'm hoping things turn out as we like them to, and everybody knows what <laughs> we're on what. <laughs> so, but before we get started with tonight's show, I just want to um, let you know to comment. Um, we have a great guest tonight. It's going to be a good show. So make sure you comment, and we will get to you as soon as possible. Let me turn off my phone because it's starting to bang. But um, recently, there's been a significant buzz in the UFO and UAP um, communities um, about the jellyfish. And we've talked about the jellyfish UFO. And this this object has garnered attention everywhere, all over TikTok, YouTube, on the internet, due to the footage showing its unique appearance, appearance and abilities, including what seems to be a transmedium capability where it dips below the surface of the water super fast and then shoots out. And although the Pentagon has acknowledged the existence of the footage, but they have not provided a detail uh, information regarding this since it is a sensitive topic, they're not denying it, but they're not, you know, phasing it out either. So they're not saying it doesn't exist. And this developed as part of the growing trend of the UAP tracking and the public interest heightened by the testimonies of the United States armed forces and the congressional hearings that we heard last, I think it was a couple of months ago. Well, it's been probably about six months now. Um, and we, the whistleblower and the, it's kind of something that's not going to go away. And there's a lot of stuff in the news regarding the Miami Beach incidents at the Bay Mall. Uh, people are coming out all over TikTok saying they saw it and they truly believe that it is for real. Now, I recently watched the, the footage with Jeremy on the UFO Revolution documentary and it's kind of scary because we're getting into other things other than ET. Um, so we're getting into the interdimensional um, realm. Just want to make sure my chat's up. Okay. So I just want to just get that out of the, because we're going to talk about this stuff tonight. We're going to talk it with it with Camille James Harmon. Um, she's an actress and a UFO experiencer. And her credits include an Oscar-winning film Vice, for which she was interviewed by the advocate for her role as Mary 
Madeline. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but her credits also include Shameless, which I'm going to check out tonight after the show, a Lifetime movie, A Daughter's Deceit, and numerous films, web series, commercials, music videos. And she's an executive producer on the award-winning short film Toro, Toro Dio Rio, I think I'm pronouncing that right, in 1992, where she won a Donor Boone Award in New Orleans and Best Supporting Actress in the Playboy of the Western World. In 2022, she won three International Best Actress Awards for the short film Tiger Lily. Oh, we got a superstar here tonight. And <laughs> UFO sighting and abduction experience followed. So this is going to be a good one. And she went under her underwent hypnosis sessions with Barbara Lamb and Yvonne Smith, which revealed medical experiences with presumed alien and human military, as well as possible light beings of pure love. And she's attended the 50th anniversary of the Roswell crash in 1997, then traveled to England in 1998 to see the crop circles. And she wrote for UFO magazine, from 2000 to 2004, which allowed her to meet many legendary UFO researchers. And she's also presented the MUFON Orange County Tucson Phoenix chapters and has appeared as herself in several paranormal TV shows. She was interviewed in the Los Angeles Times about her UFO experience and so much more stuff. So She's going to tell us her story, and we're going to discuss this in just a few seconds while I bring her on to the show. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, Camille. Hi. I'm so happy to be here and to be on the radio in New Orleans because I'm from New Orleans, y'all. Seriously. Yeah, happy morning, Rob. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is an exciting show. Um, so if you have any comments, if you're going to pop in, it seems like uh, we start getting tr trickling in. I don't know what's going on with the stream yards lately but at least the people in new orleans can hear you for right now in mississippi um i think they're all, all i mean i do, do see that we're being shot live so without further ado go ahead and tell us the story i mean you have a lot of credits behind you ma'am well you know i try to i try to focus on my acting career and it <laughs> but the ufo stuff fills my brain so much of the time, as you might understand, you know, so many people that this happens to become rather obsessed with getting to the bottom of it, you know, and mm -hmm. being an actress and being an extrovert, I'm no exception to that. So <laughs> everything was going great back in 1995 when I decided to move from New Orleans after getting my master's at UNO. I got an uh, MFA at UNO in 1994 under my maiden name, Camille Moe. And my boyfriend and I had just done a performance of Richard III at City Park on the Peristyle. So we thought we were hot stuff and ready to go to L.A. And we packed up the U-Haul and moved to L.A. And I had been compelled right before leaving uh, town. I had this job on Royal Street in an art gallery and it it was August, right before we moved in September. And mm -hmm. I I went over to Bookstar when Bookstar used to be at Jack's Brewery. And it was a big bookstore. And I felt really compelled to buy this book, Breakthrough by Willie Strieber. And I just saw that alien face. And I, I had seen the movie Communion, <laughs> but I hadn't read his other books. But I, I just grabbed it. And it was a hardcover. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is still writing about aliens? Like, what does he think now? Because I got to have this book. And I never bought alien books before. That was my first one. 
you know, I was a big Anne Rice fan. I was buying Anne Rice books. Yeah. But I got this book and I sat there at, at this gallery in August with no tourists and read this book, like binge read this book and went, oh my God, what the hell is going on in this planet? And I was hooked. So that's kind of how it started, to be honest, is that book triggered me. And by the time we got to L.A., where I had everything going for me, I had a, I had my SAG card, I had an agent, mm-hmm. I had a day job, we had this great house overlooking the sky, we were on a hill. And I was so excited to just, you know, be a big actress and, and <laughs> you know, become famous, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, and then in December, just a few months after moving to L.A., I noticed that I was having all this weird anxiety and like pregnancy symptoms. And I was on the pill and I uh, didn't think I was pregnant. And I had a sighting with Eric while we were walking our dog. And it was a daylight sighting. It was my first sighting. And I remember getting so excited and giving him the leash and running home to report it. And I reported it to MUFON. They actually had a UFO hotline number in the phone book back then. And they said, oh, thank you for reporting it. And by the way, we have these monthly meetings with experts, you know, at this place called the Pickwick Center in Burbank at the time. And I, they said, do you want to come to the meetings? I was like, oh, I am there. I'm totally there. So um, around the same time, I had this deci- this sighting in December of 1995. I had this attack in my bed of sleep paralysis and it happened, it had happened to me before in my life, but Mm -hmm. this particular time it happened twice in one night. It happened first when Eric was in the living room watching a movie. And secondly, when he was back in the bed and when it happened, I had, I heard this voice call my name in my left ear, Mm. like this metal, this like, um, I always say it sounded like, the Beastie Boys intergalactic, you know, it was like this mechanical sounding voice. And that song came out later, actually. When I heard that song, I was like, that's the voice, you know, that intergalactic. It was like, like that. And it scared me to death because I had never been in this state of paralysis uh, and heard anything. And I also was shown an it, like I had a flash of an image of a gun pointed at me. So it's oh really my. scary because, you know, it was like I had an audio and visual hallucination or whatever, right? And uh, I ended up meeting Barbara Lamb at one of these MUFON meetings after hearing Kim Carlsberg speak and seeing mm-hmm. her book and her stories. And I was like, oh, my God. I was, I was in the back row going, I think I'm one of these people. <laughs> I really I really do. Like, I had this knowing, you know, kind of mm-hmm. panic for me. And I was looking at Kim's book in the back on the table where she was selling the books. And it had a checklist in the back. And I'm flipping through it and I'm, I'm looking at all these things, all these symptoms of abduction. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have like 85 percent of these symptoms, you know, like nosebleeds as a child and paranormal fears and and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I, I I made the appointment with Barbara. We targeted that night in in December when I had the sleep paralysis attacks. And I had this full on abduction memory. And it was terrifying. I mean, my teeth were chattering. I was screaming. I had terror like I've never known in my life. And, you know, it was like a a, a fetus removal memory. It was oh, my God. Those. And, you know, and I and I was like, well, okay, this makes so much sense because I had no period for three months. I had all these weird pregnancy symptoms like, like heartburn and sore breasts and just anxiety and, you know, weirdness. And I'd never been pregnant before. 
I've never had an abortion. I, I like, and usually if I'd ever been late on my period, I would just run down to the Walgreens and get a test, you know, and be done with yeah. it. But for some reason, I never went and got a test. I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And then in January, everything went back to normal. I got my menstrual cycle back and everything was normal. And I was like, okay. So I come home with my little cassette tape from Barbara and I play it for my poor boyfriend, you know, and he just looks at me like, holy crap. Like, holy crap. That's right. You know, what am I going to do with this information? And my girlfriend, is she crazy or is this going to take over her life? Like, what is going to happen from this? And he was really mortified with me because I would talk about it to people and we'd go to parties and stuff. And I would talk. I, I felt compelled. I just couldn't sit on it. And he would say, why, why do you talk about it? Why can't you just keep this to yourself? And I said, I don't know. I just think it's the most important thing in the whole freaking universe. And I, and I'm an extrovert and I can't help it. And he's like, people are going to think you're crazy. And, and he said, it's like, you're born again, Christian, but worse. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I can't help it. And it happened again. Okay. So he went out of town. He actually went back to New Orleans to shoot a TV show for a week. And I was alone. And this was in 1996 in July. And I'm sleeping alone. And I wake up three nights in a row at, at 4 a.m. sharp with a digital clock that said 400. And I was like, what is happening? I don't hear a noise. Why am I getting up at 400 for no reason? Three times. And uh, the next, the, the third morning of that, I was shaving to go see my friend at the beach. I was shaving my legs and I had this like freshly scabbed over, ble uh, bleeding, not bleeding, but you know, mm. like fresh scab puncture wound in the shape of a triangle on my calf. And I was like, I have seen this. This is some alien thing. I've, I've seen it in a video because by then I was recording like the learning channel videos and all those, all those reality shows about alien abduction. I was obsessed. And, um, so I went and got uh, a hypnosis session with Yvonne Smith, just to try someone different. I was like, Barbara's mm -hmm. great. I love Barbara, but Yvonne Smith is the other lady that does this. I'm going to go see her and see what happens. See what it's like. And I have a full on abduction memory with her. And this time, instead of going through the ceiling in this beam of light, I go out the window, which is kind of weird. Oh God. Um, but then I'm on the table. Hold on. I'm going to sneeze. I think I'm getting over a cold. God bless you. <laughs> Pardon me. God bless so, you. Sorry. So I, um, I went out the window and I'm on the table in the ship. Like there's no, like for me, there was no memory of seeing a ship above my house. Right. I just mm -hmm. was in this beam of light. And then once I went through the ceiling and once I went out the window and then and then I would be on the table. Like, I don't have any memory of getting to the table, if that makes sense. So in this memory, I had little short aliens that had wrinkly heads. Oh. And I had a big tall one, like a gray with, but it was white and it had white robes. And the other ones had, had they were white, you know, with the big almond eyes and they had white robes with a high collar. The other ones from Barbara's thing too. And, um, but this one, he had like this wand with this, thing that came out of the ceiling and he put this tip on it and he just tapped my leg. And that's what made that mark in my leg. Mm. So, um, that was that one. And then, I mean, I could stop here, but I had a couple more and you know, it just took over my life. I was like, what is going on? And everything about acting was just secondary. You know, 
This um, has taken over your life. Yeah. And the boyfriend and I broke up uh, after I, w I went to see the crop circles in 19. Well, I went to I went to Roswell 97 with my friend. And that was amazing. And I met everybody. I met John Mack and Robert Dean and Whitley Strieber. Everybody was there. It was the 50th anniversary of the crash. It was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I got these great photos, by the way, at White Sands. Um, you know, my friend had a good camera. And he said, just go run around in the sand dunes. And I'm going to take your picture. And I drew this big alien face. <laughs> and then I was yelling at this guy. I was like, I dare you to come down here, you <laughs> bastards. And right where I'm looking, and it happened in two photos, right where I'm looking, there's this like white squiggly thing right in front of my oh, face, this God. light anomaly. And then I do it the other way and the same thing. So I have that. And uh, that was kind of cool. But then in 98, I went to England to see the crop circles, which was amazing. And I hooked up with Barbara Lamb and she took me to my first one. And it was great because, you know, people talk about synchronicities a lot. And I had this obsession with Sting. I was like crazy about Sting, the, the singer from the police, since I was 15 and I'd seen the synchronicity tour. So I go to England and Sting lives right near all that action in Wiltshire. He lives right near Stonehenge in this big mansion. And um, so I had gone to Sting's house and he was in the driveway when this little car went through the gate. I was like, holy crap, he's standing right there in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, Barbara picked me up the next day and, and we drove over to Stonehenge and and I told her about the whole sting thing. And she said, well, I'm taking you to see your first crop circle. And it just happened last night. So we go and it's it's like misty and we're walking around this big thing. And later that night, we found out, you know, the aerial photo of it and the nickname for it was called the Stingray. And it oh, like that is so like, strange. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I felt like it was made for me. I felt like we know you're obsessed with sting and UFOs and here you are and you came all the way from LA and we're going to give you this great circle called the stingray. I really felt that. I don't know. Just saying. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like all, it's like you, it was in your head. So definitely. there's so many weird <laughs> stuff like that's happening lately around recently to people. It's unusual. Yeah, it's crazy. And I make note, you know, I make note of all those. So I had this fling in England with this guy and <laughs> I came home to Eric, my poor boyfriend, my long suffering boyfriend who hated all this UFO stuff. And I said, um, and we had gotten engaged by then too, Eric and I, and I came back and I said, <laughs> I had a fling in England and oh, I guess shit. we have to break up. And he's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> he goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> He said, I was hoping, I was hoping that would happen because I wanted to break up with you, but I didn't want to be the bad guy. So oh my and we God. broke up and we, you know, we stayed friends and, and it all worked out. So then I met Jeff. I met Jeff right after that. And Jeff and I met at a gas station in Malibu pumping gas. And I had the <laughs> sticker that said, I love England. And he, he just asked me, he said, what part of England do you love? And I was like, dude. I was just in Wiltshire looking at crop circles. Okay. You're not going to know what I'm talking about. That's how I felt. Right. <laughs> and he said, Oh, crop circles. My friend, Jim Dilatoso showed me a video of UFOs making crop circles. and said, you know, Jim Dilatoso. Cause he was this big video yeah. expert of Phoenix who analyzed the Phoenix lights and everything. And, and so he said, yeah. And he said, well, what got you into UFOs? And I said, well, they got into me. He said, he said, oh, I had trouble. Literally, with literally they Wisconsin. got into you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had trouble with him in Wisconsin when I was growing up. <laughs> I saw him all the time. And so we started talking at the gas station and we swapped cards and then we had a date, you know, a month later. 
That's when I got crazy. over the fling in England. <laughs> and, you, and here we are married with a kid. You know, that was 1998. Here we are. That gives so. people hope. You met him at a gas station? In Malibu. You hear that? You hear that, ladies? <laughs> you never know. Bumper yeah, stickers. You never know. You never know. Wear your bumper sticker and your T-shirt and your cap <laughs> so you have talking points with people. You never know. Yeah, you never know. That is amazing. Your your story about your abduction is so similar to um, things that happened to me with the with the sleep paralysis and seeing the figures above your like your at the foot of your bed. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I was watching a documentary UFO. Um, what was it? Just I just saw it the other day. UFO and wasn't wasn't the revelation? It wasn't that one. It was another one. Damn, I can't remember it. Um, but um, they were talking about how these sleep paralysis is one, of, is one of the main focal points. And how can everybody have the same experience? And a lot of psychologists like Brian Sharpless was on the show like four times said, there's a chemical, something happens in your brain while you're sleeping. And I don't, I'm not buying that. So if we're all yeah. having the same experience, especially when you were saying somebody was whispering in your ear, I just had that like probably three weeks ago. Yeah. I've heard of a lot of people who've had that. I know that Jack Sarfati, the physicist in Silicon Valley who works on UFOs, his childhood story involves hearing an electronic voice. Uh, another, there's some others. So that's, that's not uncommon, like an AI generated thing voice i don't know yeah that's um, what it sounded like it's yeah. i couldn't understand it it was like i was trying to i was telling my family my sons because they're all into all this and i said it was like it was like like when you voice changer like when you change a voice to like something electronic that's mm -hmm. what it sounded. but i couldn't make out what it was saying it was just a language uh -huh. that i did not understand did you hear did you understand what they were saying well all they said to me was camille Okay, and they said your name. Because they just said my name, but I was like, what was that? It wasn't a human sounding voice, you know? It was a machine sounding voice. So, fast forward to um, the sleep paralysis. I used to go to channelings of this entity, Bashar, that channels. Oh my God. Oh, this is like, this yeah. is like, we're having this like connection. I was just going to ask you, because I'm hooked on him yeah. lately. I was going to ask oh, yeah. you, you know, Bashar, because he's from California and he's yeah. also in the, um, he's in the Hollywood scene, the Los Angeles scene. Yeah. He's a and, director. And he's speaking and at the, he's speaking at the Conscious Life Expo in February that Jeff is speaking at in LA, oh, wow. by the way. He's I'd love to get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked Bashar, cause it, you know, you could go to these channelings and ask him questions. This was in the nineties when he wasn't as huge. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, he told me many interesting things. I mean, I don't know what to make of Bashar, but he, he told me I had multiple hybrid children. That's one thing. He told me that my mother was an abductee. And he told me that the sleep paralysis was, this is the way he put it. He said it was the doorway sensation of changing dimensions. Oh, wow. I know. So like when you're coming in and out of the dimension that they take you to, Mm -hmm. And you're coming back to your bed and, you know, becoming conscious in this dimension again. It's that feeling you get when you're coming out of it. And you know, what's really weird. I want to show this book. Okay. I love books. I'm a book nut. I'm reading this book right now. They flew. Okay. By Carlos Iyer, E-I-R-E. 
And I heard about it on a Willie Strieber show. He was talking to Jim Semivan. And it I'm a I'm a Catholic. I'm like a bad Catholic, but I'm a Catholic. Okay, basically. Like I'm I have issues with a lot of things, but I'm Mm -hmm. I love Catholicism and I I just am so fascinated by it. And I've had good experiences with it. Um even though I know a lot of bad stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I mean too. The mystics, the mystics and the saints write this down. They flew. Okay, sorry. Yeah. The mystics and the saints are so fascinating and compelling to me. And this book, They Flew, is specifically about saints who levitated or bilocated. And Mm. it's fascinating because some of the things that happen to them are similar to what happens to abductees. And they would go uh, catatonic, like paralyzed. And be in these ecstatic states where they were in another dimension with God. Sometimes they would fly like up into the, you know, 40 feet Mm -hmm. in the air, witnessed by multiple people, thousands of times. Like in the case of St. Joseph of Cupertino specifically, he did this so many times. He did it in front of, you know, royalty and he did it in front of the Pope. Like he, he was very well documented. And so the book is about this, you know, it's like if that happened and that was real. How come we aren't talking about that? All these mystics. It's not just Catholics either. Like, how come that is not part of the conversation? I don't know. You know, they don't talk about that stuff. The no one talk, no one, not people think you're crazy. Still think they have a stigma that you're nuts when you talk about alien. The only thing that people are now talking about Tucker Carlson and all the Jeremy, what is Jeremy's last name? Do you know what I'm talking about? Corbell. Corbell. He, him, and everybody like Travis Walton, everybody, all these people that came out, or t- they're talking about it. They've been talking about it since. Oh my God! I, I from the X Files when before the X Files, we've been talking about right. this, and now that these whistleblowers have come up, they're still they're not. You don't hear too much of it on like mainstream media. It's like they're still not giving the transparency that it needs to have. When we know any day now, who knows? Right. Who was it? There was a, um, was it your, it wasn't your husband. Someone was on the show. Oh, who the heck was it? There was a psychic on this. No, was it your husband? No, I don't think they said that they were going to talk. They were going to actually, um, make contact. Wasn't your husband. I don't think, um, in 2026 going into 2027. And they said that we're still not going to be, we're still not going to believe it. Like, because well, of all the, Right. There are a lot of intelligence people like um, John Ramirez, who I befriended at a couple of UFO conferences. I spoke at UFO Con in February of last year. And or was it March? I think it was February and <clears throat> could have been March. Um, and then I also saw him again at Contact in the Desert. And I've made friends with Chris Bledsoe a year ago. And all of these people are saying that the, it's on the alien timeline. It's not about us. Like the aliens are going to show themselves in some spectacular way mm-hmm. um, soon. And so the, the government now is scrambling to do a controlled disclosure so that people get ready psychologically. But, you know, it's not so fast that they lose their minds over it. And mm-hmm. I think what's so complicated is this interdimensional factor and this factor that these beings have been alongside us all through history. And I think our history is a lie, a lot of it. You know, I think we've had, I got really into Tartaria research a couple of years ago. And this idea of that we've had 
let's say the victors write the history. So they tell you the history and they control the libraries, they control the publishing industry, they control the universities. Mm -hmm. And so if they want to put out a narrative of a certain history, they can do that pretty much. So I think, I think the veil thinning and everybody waking up is they're not gonna be able to stop it. It's going to happen on multiple levels about multiple subjects. It's going to happen about corruption being exposed. It's going to happen mm -hmm. about the aliens, the other dimensionals, the history, the resets, you know, who, who we are, who we are. It's all about who are we? Like if the aliens are so interesting, yeah, but why are they, what do they want from us? What are, what are we to them? Are we a food source? Are we a soul container? Yes. A soul take container. Our energy from us, you know? So I had a negative experience with beings that put like a, um, like a like vacuum into my solar plexus and were trying to suck my soul out of me. And That's I called so harvesting. Yeah. And I called on Jesus. I said, stop in the name of Jesus Christ. And it stopped. And I woke up and I heard wind chimes. And I was like, Oh my oh God. My God. So there's that element. There's the military involvement. I had a, my lab memory where I was taken and they, put something in my tooth. My dentist found this thing in my tooth. So I went and got hypnotized with Barbara and I thought I was going to get aliens. And I had this whole military abduction memory with guys and lab coats and uniforms in an underground base. And I was like, no, no, no. Because there's something more terrifying about that than the aliens in a way, because when you have a memory like that, first of all, it's your own kind betraying you, right? Yes. Second of all, it involves something very high tech or very sneaky because how did they do that? And you don't remember it until you do. Right. And then the other thing is you think you get paranoid. You're like, oh, my God, if that's real and that happened, then what else has happened to me that I don't remember? Like, it's very frightening. And the quality of memory I had in that memory also was different in that with the aliens, I felt really awake and alert, but I was just immobilized. I couldn't move, but I was like hyper-focused. Mm -hmm. But in the memory of this, this human abduction, I felt really drugged. Does that make sense? I felt yeah. drugged. And then they put me on this helicopter and the ceiling opened up and they brought me home to my neighborhood in Silver Lake in Los Angeles. And they said, go home and take a nap. It's like, that's all I remember being flown home in a helicopter in the daytime. So I don't know how they got me. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know what's real. All I know is I had this memory and I'm like, holy cow, what if that's real? That's terrifying. How else did this thing get in my mouth that my dentist found? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you don't know what to believe. The, what scares, like you said, the militaries, like how the government, like, how do we know? How do we know the government is not doing all this? And they're yeah. they made these these hybrids out of just gene testing and you know experimenting. Yeah. There's that theory. So, what if they're just mind controlling us and it's all cloning and gene experiments, hybrids, chimeras, whatever chimeras? Um, you know, you hear all these awful things about underground bases and 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 it's linked to uh, to be honest, it's linked to human trafficking. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, what if these missing people are being fed to some creatures down in the underground base or experimented on in the underground bases? And they're it's using terrifying. that is that What's a hormone that uh, Jim Caziezel yeah, was talking about? Mm -hmm. The yeah. adrenochrome. I know. I believe all that stuff. So, 
I mean, I've, I've been following David Icke since the mid nineties. I tell you, when I first saw David Icke, I didn't know who he was. And he came up the stairs at this event and it was like, I felt like the, the energy in the room shifted. I looked at him and I was like, I don't see things and hear things really normally, <laughs> normally, but I felt like the guy had an invisible army around him and he mm -hmm. went over to the speaker table and checked in. And I, I, after he left, I went over there, I was volunteering and I said, who is that guy? And they said, oh, David Icke, he's speaking in such and such a room. And I said, can I be the room monitor? Can I be the room monitor? <laughs> and they said, yeah, sure. So I heard him speak. And this was with his book, um, And the Truth Shall Set You Free. And I was like, wow. I mean, it was a whole other level of, you know, information, conspiracy theory stuff. So I've been, I've been down that rabbit hole since then. So I can't unsee things and unknow yeah. things that I, that I think are really happening. Yeah. Um, I was just wanted to check out one thing for sure. Uh, <clears throat> I can't see it on here. No, I was looking at Bashar. Um, Bashar, Bashar, and you saw him recently, Bashar? Or no, I haven't seen him recently. I mean, he's on YouTube. People interview him, and he says disclosures happening. You know, um, so there's that going on this urgency factor now a lot of abductees including myself have this urgency factor we feel like we're part of some mission or we're, we're, we have some knowledge that's going to be activated at a certain time and like i i feel kind of like teacher vibes like i would be because i used to be a teacher i taught kindergarten through college i'm an actress you know i like to communicate so Mm -hmm. I would love if this is all going to happen and I'm still of working age, I would love to be useful as long as I'm not part of a lie. Like, see, I'm so paranoid about what's the truth and what's the fake truth that I would be happy to assist people like acclimating to this, the subject matter in some way, but I don't want to be telling them anything wrong. And yeah. so that's a big part of it. Um, I, I had an experience with light beings under hypnosis too, which was very ecstatic. It was very like pure love and bliss and weeping and oneness and all this. So I don't think all these interdimensionals are bad, just like yeah. in traditional religions, like you have angels and demons. I think there's, you know, good beings and bad beings and, and we're all related energetically in different ways. And there's all this overlap of, who we really are and how we relate to them possibly. I don't know. I'm very open-minded about it, but I'm cautious and I have a hard time making up my mind about things. Just reading all the comments here. Government highs UFOs are real. So 2024 we have, I can't see what that is. Innervation. For my, I don't know if this is spelled wrong. Proteins by guy. I don't know what he's saying. Sometimes I can't understand these comments. <laughs> Um, Cindy Simpson says the good news that you, you called on the name of Jesus when you were having, well, it worked for me. I've always had a Jesus thing. I love Jesus. And I, you know, some people in the UFO community think Jesus was a hybrid, right? They're like, what was the, um, annunciation with Mary and St. Gabriel? What was that? How did yeah, she you, you know what? pregnant? You know, who when, knows? When, when you talk about Christianity and Jesus Christ and everything, he ascended into heaven. Uh, we might come back saying maybe Jesus is what an extraterrestrial. We don't 
You know what I mean? How do we know? Like we, the right. angels and the, then you have the demons, they're all, they're all flying. They're all, <clears throat> and you see these Renaissance pictures, paintings with a UFO in the background. We always talk about that. <clears throat> it it kind of, it's just blown. But, um, Sorry, I had to tell my son to be quiet. He came in the room. <clears throat> That's okay. You can talk. You want, does he want to come on? <laughs> See, you have any experience? Um, now this comment, George Knapp, and how why you're so you just respect him now because what do, what don't you believe in the Corbell? Like Jeremy, what don't you believe in that? I they've they've come to the conclusion that most of these um, the new jellyfish uh, is not a snot on the screen. It's not a smudge because the object changed. The heat, like it got white, it didn't, it wasn't dark any, it was reacted to the different levels of heat. So oh, yeah. why, I don't understand what, why don't you believe this? Why have you, are you disappointed, Chasm? I don't understand that. I oh, don't I, I don't, I don't not believe in it. I believe in the jellyfish UFO. As a matter of fact, I think so many people have described these, these UFOs, the craft themselves as alive, or they have things about them that are alive. Um, we also have so many things coming out of the ocean, right? And yeah. there's so many amazing things in the ocean. Like I watched this ancient aliens episode on <laughs> octopus brains and octopus <laughs> are wild. They have like 50,000 genes and they have, they have, what does it say? Like four hearts and nine brains in their body. They're like way more advanced than humans in a lot of ways. So, I mean, it's not a jellyfish, but it just makes you wonder like, how much do we really know about what these things are in the ocean and where we they don't. came from, you know? And, and also my son, he saw the jellyfish UFO footage and he said, Oh, it looks like this thing in halo. And, and so I think also too, you know, the military and Hollywood work together, the intelligence agencies rather and Hollywood and the military, they work together yeah. to do disclosure through entertainment. They've been doing it forever. Right. So, they're putting out, I mean, think of the movie Independence Day, which, you know, had all this military stuff in it. They had to get permission to put that in the movie. They had to get deals with the military to use planes and all that. So forever they've had, you know, putting stuff out into the public domain to get our brains acclimated to certain concepts, right? And even in video games, mm -hmm. uh, it's all happening. And getting back yeah. to Bashar... He, I was looking up his credits on, um, what is it? Uh, the Hollywood play. What is that? You know what I'm talking about. His credits for, will they have the movies that website? Um, I am having a, yes, they're his credits. The act, the person, not Bush, not hit the real person, not Bashar. Daryl Anka. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. He has all these UFO movies. Um, Avatar. And it just said, yeah. okay, so he's involved in this channeling. And he's like, he's getting ideas for his real life, all these movies and stuff from channel, Well, he, from makes, he, does, he does special effects. He did special effects modeling, right? So he was part of the teams that would make the spaceships and stuff for the shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, like when I met John Ramirez, who's CIA retired, he lives in Tucson where I used to live for 10 years. He said, Camille, and he's an abductee and he gives talks about being a, a experiencer. And he says, you have no idea how many people in the CIA are experiencers. 
Yeah. Whoa. And so we have, and I have NASA family. A lot of times you'll find experiencers have um, bloodline, family, abduction, experience, whatever. And on my mother's side of the family, I have this uncle who worked for NASA. My cousin works for NASA. Um, You know, so I, I often wonder, like, is it in my maternal bloodline, this experiencer um, targeting <laughs> capability, whatever you want to call it, good or bad, you know? And um, so there, there are a lot of people in this, had to have this experience that have relatives in the military industrial complex or the intelligence or the aerospace complex. It's crazy. I'm just, there's just yep. so much information. You could sit here forever talking about it. So when you went to, um, what was it? You're, you're in the um, disclosure movement. Like why, just because every, the current disclosure movement, why yeah. not? Why are you moving into, is it because of all the, uh, you know, things that have happened to you or you well, think there's something I, else going on? I, I was always out of the closet and lecturing and, and giving talks and all that, you know, in the nineties into the two thousands. I spoke for different MUFON groups and I did documentaries and things. And then in 2013, I had a born again Jesus thing and I went down the religious rabbit hole. I was like born again. I went back to Catholic church. I, I was going to the Latin mass, like crying at mass. Just, I had this whole change of heart, like aliens or demons and I'm going to church. And I did that till like 2022. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, it was weird because Jeff is an astrologer, right? And he he actually predicted that. He said, you're going to have a spiritual awakening. And I said, oh, I have those all the time. And he goes, no, something big. And I was like, okay. And then um, when I went back to church in 2013, we were living in Tucson. And he was like, wow, I didn't think it would be that. You know, like, this is going to be interesting because <laughs> your church forbids what I do for a living. And you're yeah, really. Yeah. You know? And um <laughs> So it was very challenging for our marriage, actually. And, um, but then I, I it, it's like I, I came out of it a little bit. I backtracked a little bit. And I was like, you know what? That was all wonderful and lovely. And there were many things I love about it. But now I no longer think all of it is demonic. I think it's much more complex than that. And so I've decided to go back into the conversation and, and speak publicly and everything. And I actually was at church last year and I was praying. Because I had church in this tent. It's a long story, but we were in a tent. And I could see the sky in this one corner. And it was right before I went to UFOCon to do my first public speaking in like 10 years. And I said, oh, my God, Jesus, I'm so nervous. I said, I said, or I, I said, I really need a sign, please. I said, if you are working with any good beings in the UFOs, can you please give me a sign? Because I don't want to lead anyone astray. That was my prayer. And I look up. And I saw these things come out of the clouds and four of them, they were like white spheres and they were dancing around each other. And I whipped out my camera and I got video of it. It's on my YouTube channel. You can go look at it. Oh, I only wow. got like, you know, 10, 15 seconds. And then I felt really <laughs> self-conscious because I was, there are people behind me and I was filming this guy in the middle of mass. But I think it was a sign. I think it was like, it's okay. You can do this. And I don't know if those were UFOs um birds angels i don't know what they were chris bledsoe looked at my video and he said those are angels <laughs> i said okay and then i thought well even if they're birds i don't think they were birds they were really high but even if they were 
the Holy Spirit is a white bird. So maybe it was a sign oh. anyway. And if it was a bird, I don't know. That's how I take it. But um, I just pray. I'm like, please just bring me closer to the truth, no matter what it is, even if it's totally not what I thought it was, you know. And um, so that's that's kind of how I how I roll, you know, with all that. It's a good way to roll. I'm going to check out that video. Uh, Cindy, Cindy Simpson says, do you or your family members have psychic ability? No, not like where we would claim that. Um, I, my, my grand, my, my grandmother, when she was sick at the hospital once, uh, said she saw aliens in the hospital and was so scared. They had to call her Presbyterian minister to pray. Oh my with her. God. And this was in Huntsville, Alabama, where my NASA people live. And she was living with them. And they all got mad at me. They're like, you told her about your alien stuff. And now you filled her idea her head with all these ideas. And you scared her. And you made her have this hallucination in the hospital. I was like, oh, maybe she was seeing aliens. She was probably on drugs. She probably could see through the veil. And that's what she, she probably saw, could. You know. Yeah, she probably did see aliens. I mean, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. In fact, last night I saw something crazy outside. My my dog kept on wanting to go out to the bathroom. And he never does. She never does that. It's like, was that 145, 223? And then the next one was like 324. 20, she never does that. She's she's I've had her for 10 years. She's never had to go to the bathroom like that. So I looked out, I took her out and I looked at the security camera in the front yard. I saw someone's, I swear I saw somebody sitting down. Leaning against, we have these lion pillars like on each side of our porch. And I seen someone sitting there, literally sitting on the ground. His legs were out and he's just looking out. I'm like, what the? And then it was gone. It was gone. Whoa. I didn't know what I, I said. Holy crap. And I'm thinking to my dog, maybe she sends somebody outside and that's why she kept on going outside. It literally freaked me out. There's so many things out there that, that that people are claiming that are interdimensional. Sure. Maybe that was somebody in interdimensional just come to poke, you know, poke and just, who knows. But why was he sitting out there on the, the porch? Right. One of my theories is that the, the earth goes through electromagnetic changes and resets and, you know, weird stuff happens. And I think that when these resets happen electromagnetically, like a pole shift or whatever, I think the our ability to see through the veil, like we get a broader spectrum of sense maybe yeah. when this happens. And so something's happening where they're not going to be able to physically hold the illusion. Like everyone's going to be able to see everything. So I think that's the urgency. And I think in the olden days, like in the 1800s, some people think we had a reset in the 1800s. And it makes you wonder because there were all these asylums, these big fancy asylums everywhere all over the world mm -hmm. and orphanages. And there were all these orphans being shipped all over the place. And it's like, what happened? Like, like were they like institutionalizing all the people that lost their minds? Because apparently when this happens, the electromagnetics can cause people to go crazy so what if we had like a, a cosmic event or something that affected people's minds mm -hmm. and they or or maybe there was a reset and the people that didn't buy the new narrative like this is the story you will buy this lie and maybe if they didn't then they got locked up and they wanted to teach the children the new version of history and then th that's why they wanted them all separated from the parents and 
re-educated, like re-indoctrinated in a different way. Sort of like the Mandela effect, you know, like we all see things that are, oh no, that's not true. We all, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something to think about as far as like a, a scientific and a historical, you know, perspective on reality not being what we've been told. Yeah. Yeah. Sebastian, I remember that I, we, this is a crazy story. <clears throat> I want, we went to the beach. I haven't been to the beach in 30 years, literally. Okay. So I went to the beach and staying in a, uh, a condominium in ocean city. It was a really expensive one. And we, we normally would never get it because it was so expensive, but, uh, it was, there was a miss up. So we got it. It's huge. I mean, wrap around balcony with full ocean view. It was gorgeous. And, uh, as soon as I walked in there, I could not breathe. I mean, I felt like there was something off the whole, something in the atmosphere was just not normal and everything in, in the whole place did not work. The, everything was the, all the electronic stuff did not work. The, there was the broken, um, microwave was taped up. The refrigerator caught on fire while we were there. And then we were all have, I know it was terrible. We're all sitting at this huge table. Remind me of something on Game of Thrones. It was huge, you know, and we're all sitting there and we're playing a game. And, and all of a sudden the fan went on. The fan, when we first went there, did not come on at all. It did not. Then we started asking it questions. The fan was, it would, it would one, two, it was like answering the questions. Like, are you, are you, were you murdered here? And the fan would, oh, yes, for wow. one. Oh, it was, it went on for like an hour and this place was so freaky. And it just seemed like there was something off on this whole building. Like it was like, I don't know if it was a ghost or like a portal. Um, nothing worked. I mean, it was like, I couldn't wait to get out of there. And I was literally sick in that place. Not just me. My ex-husband was there too. And he wasn't, he didn't, he was, he fell off too, but there's a lot of, he was just a lot of weird stuff. Like nothing is right. And, and the weather was so, you know, extreme. I mean, mm. I never seen weather like that we had there. Like the, the waves were <clears throat> something you would see <clears throat> in Hawaii, you know, mm. excuse me. I'm having a, you know, my husband saw some weirdness in New Orleans. The only places I've ever felt like really weirded out were in New Orleans when I lived there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had a house on Dauphine Street near Dauphine and St. Rock. And there was some darkness in that house. And I remember I moved in before my boyfriend because he was arriving with a load of stuff, you know, a week or so after me. And I was terrified in that house. And I was doing sage and praying and all this stuff. Um, and then Jeff, when he went, we, he and I went to my friend's house on Ursuline and he saw in her dining room, he saw, um, he said it was a man in the chandelier, like a ghost. Oh God. <laughs> so, but I, I don't, I don't normally see things, but Jeff sometimes will see things. That's, that's freaky. No, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. I mean, the wiki, and it seems like there's more and more every day. It's just, it's like mm -hmm. a, and every day you like, I listen, I go on TikTok and I know I probably shouldn't because it's China or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> I like going on there because I see all this paranormal stuff yeah. that you won't hear on because YouTube or somebody or in Facebook, they'll take it off. It's yeah. like one, you know, there's like the Miami 
Bay Mall incident with that eight foot, mm -hmm. and then in Peru, that eight foot creature that they're mm -hmm. claiming was I'm, I'm with you. I watch all that stuff. And they're talking about it. Oh, it's like every day there's something else. And there's one, there's one guy on there on TikTok. He he's from Wisconsin. He wears a cheese on his head. I don't know if you ever saw him, but he's been saying something isn't right. I don't feel right. And it's not just me. He said multiple people feel like there's something off. There's something out there that's just we're not feeling. I don't know about you. If you're getting this feeling, yeah, that you just don't, you I, feel like they're, you're waiting off for a few years. And I, you know, I'm on. I'm a lot on edge, right? I, I, I do yeah. have anxiety about the future, about something about to go down. I mean, normal things like I worry about World War Three. I worry about you know normal. Oh yeah, things, right now the you. But, yeah, you, you, but I also worry about just reality about is about to shift. So I'm trying to be Something like mentally is ready for whatever happens. Something is happening. You can feel your way. It's like I have this feeling of wa I'm waiting for something. Like something's yeah, going like to happen. Something's about to emerge on the scene. I agree. It's like you don't know what. What is it? Something with, you know, disclosure. Is it something with, like you said, World War III? Um, and, well, they're, now they're talking about this new virus, X. New coronavirus is going to, it's a deadly one. It'll kill you as you well, forget it. Yeah, we're in the, we you know, we're in a battle between <clears throat> tyrants and the freedom lovers, right? We're in this like serious collision course, right? Between the, the World Economic Forum types who want yeah. us to eat and take away everything and depopulate. They want to the see, world. they want us to eat bugs and they want us yeah, to. Yeah, they, they, they publicly talk about depopulation and all these other oh, things. Oh, yeah. Bill Gates and, got, and the Rothschilds. Yeah, you've got the farmer, the farmers, you know, in Europe, like in, in Ireland, they want to kill 200,000 cows because of, because cows fart. So the farmers are like, screw you. And then the, <clears throat> the, the ones in Germany and France, they're like spraying manure on the public buildings because they're trying to screw up the farmers there. And they're trying mm -hmm. to take away our food. They're trying to mess I'm, with the food supply in a big way. These globalists. They're putting, scary. it's the, you use, they put this poison in the food. And I just found out that Hellman's mayonnaise has GM is is has biological uh, engineered it's a product i don't know what kind what ingredient it, i won't buy it anymore yeah um it's it's, it's pretty dicey times because i you know we feel like we're under attack and we are like you're not crazy for feeling like you're under attack and so the question then becomes how how crazy prepper do you go <laughs> like you know we still live in la right and i'm like i really i can't believe like, nowhere and hunker down for, for you to, you from la and you you the way you have the views is very that to me that's crazy oh i, mean, I know oh my god because usually people from not you know there's a lot of people yeah. that don't like they, they're more on the um <clears throat> there are a lot of us here though there are a lot of people that can think straight that live in la believe it or not well, that's good to hear. <laughs> now, I listen to Alex Jones, and I know a lot of people said, "Why do you listen to him?" Because he ha he's right. He yeah, all the stuff he says is true, and they don't want to hear him. They want to shut him up. Well, and it's it's. I'm just you know what I'm just doing my thing, and it's like you know what my husband pays the bills. He's so busy doing astrology, <laughs> I can get away with my career being you know, mm, iffy. Because of the things I say or believe, I just don't care anymore. I'm 57 you get years shout old. Out, you bet. They'll, I'm they'll like, I don't blackball care. you. They won't let you do anything. I mean, that's I don't how care. many people in I, Hollywood that got canceled because they have these yeah, views. It's the same thing. Well, here's, here's something interesting. I'm in this group called Hollywood Disclosure Alliance, and it's newly formed. 
and it's pretty neat. So it's a coalition of, it's a networking group basically, but it's a, it's a way to bring together people in the UFO field with people in Hollywood to make more content that pushes disclosure. So some of us are in both categories, right? Like I'm, you know, a lot of us are experiencers and Hollywood people. Mm-hmm. It was founded by a publicist in Beverly Hills, who's an experiencer, whose dad was in secret government programs. And it's got, you know, all these interesting people in it that want to make UFO movies or UFO TV shows or whatever. And it's very exciting because I do feel, you know, I can be myself in in most ways. But again, as far as everybody agreeing on everything and the whole political split and everything, I just do not care. I am sorry. I just am going to be myself. And <laughs> yeah, I go to Latin mass. I'm married to an astrologer. I'm a hey, person. And I, know, I'm, I, I'm just being you. myself, you know? I follow as as Marshall I Taylor. I, and eat, I'll, yeah, I'll survive. Definitely. I follow, like, you know, I, I believe in all that. I, they won't even let you have a Latin mass anymore because the Pope is, he let the devil infiltrate the, I I can't say anything because I am such a bad Catholic, but I'm just, everything is being exposed. Hopefully we'll all agree on reality when we get to the other side of this. Well, my, my hope is that that they'll get rid of the Pope and get somebody else or something happens. Cause you know how, I don't know if you remember when the, um, Vatican was struck by lightning, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just so much, I don't know. We're, we're at a spiritual war, good and evil. Yeah. And hopefully all these rich globalists won't win. Um, hopefully. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I just said, here's something else too. I'm really into these books. Diana Pasulka. I don't know if you're keeping up with her, but she wrote American cosmic. She's a Catholic theologian hanging out with Silicon Valley geniuses talking about aliens and how they're getting downloaded with ideas for inventions from aliens. So she's very interesting. And she also came out with this one encounters. You're going to have to email me all these books. Cause I can't keep up how fast you're going. They look like good <laughs> books to read. Anyway, she fascinates me because see the Catholic church is trying to keep on top of the alien disclosure. They've always known. Right. I mean, even David Grush came out and said, oh, yeah, Italy had a crash and the Vatican took it. Right. (laughs) And gave it to America to hide this UFO. So they know and God knows what they have in the Vatican Library. Well, she gets to go in the Vatican Library as a researcher and look at first primary source documents of all these saints and mystics describing what was happening to them. And she's like, there's a lot of crossover with alien abduction to the mystics. You know, so it's very interesting. It's just a very interesting way to to kind of connect the dots. I'm going to have to read that. Uh, Like when you when you're talking about Hollywood and this your Hollywood disclosure on group. Do they have any screen people like producers? I have a great series. um, My from the sky. It's it's a series. I did a trilogy, and I have stuff on the third book that. I had no, I changed the ending right away. I, I won't call, give it away, but I changed the ending for, for, I just had this feeling of it at night and I'm, I'm writing it and I changed the, the ending and it goes in a whole different direction. And it's a great trilogy. I, it has to be made into a movie soon. I don't know. I'm trying, I had, um, it was optioned once 
by um, Lisa Circio Sarasoto. She used to be on ABC. She's an actress too. And she worked for this uh, producer in um, Hollywood. And they've been, when COVID came, we thought for sure it was going to be sold to Netflix and with COVID and then the writer's strike, it's still, we're trying to, I need to get this book into a movie. I'm a series because there's some people go to the website, go to the Hollywood Disclosure Alliance website and there are producers. Mm-hmm. I should definitely do that because it's 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 bringing to light that w- the totally different direction where we think um, extraterrestrials are it takes it to a whole different level. And I don't know what maybe it was some kind of spiritual channel. I don't know what happened. Maybe I was abducted that night, <laughs> whatever. And it's trying to tell me, no, that's not what it is. This is what it is. But yeah, it's it's, it's crazy how we got to get this word out and it's good to have people like you that can actually tell your story because a lot of people feel there's a stigma attached to it and they don't want to tell it but more and more people are coming out i noticed goldie hawn came out about her alien story and kurt russell he was flying a plane into phoenix on the night of the phoenix lights he saw the phoenix lights so a lot of people that are famous are able to come out but again they're already rich. They have the house paid for. Yeah. You know, they can afford. They don't they care. Afford to do that. They don't care. <laughs> you get a job. Like, no, you're a yeah. Looney Tune. You can't talk about that stuff. No, you don't have. Yeah. Whatever. I just, I told my manager and agent, I said, I'm sorry. Cause I dropped out for like nine years, nine years. And I said, look, I'm going to start talking about it again and doing interviews. Good. Are you cool with that? And they were like, you know what? It might even help your career. I mean, the world is so crazy. Who knows? Who knows? And I just, I just thought, you know what? I, I deserve to be a piece of the puzzle, and I, I can communicate, and, you know, I'm, I'm that way. My nature is to communicate. So, well, it's a great. Um, it's been a great night. I really enjoyed having you on tonight. And the audience did too. And I think, yeah, I think this is going to be um, the beginning of something. And it's good to have people like you. I'm so glad you got back out talking about it. And uh, we'll have to have you back on the show again. Talk about some okay. more alien stuff. But uh, yeah. thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, it was a pleasure. I'll have to have you back on. Tell your tell your husband I said hello. <laughs> it's good to have All him right. on. <laughs> He's a cool guy. Yeah. But everybody, thank you so much for t- turning in to Chasing Prophecy on the United Public Radio Talk. Okay. Have a great night, Thanks. everyone. <laughs>